You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. Uh, we have Bobby Moberly with us, and and Bobby's from, uh, I think, Buffalo Narrows. I'm not sure. No. Is it yep. Dylan? Yep. Yeah. No, Buffalo, Buffalo Narrows. Buffalo Narrows. And I had the privilege of going to Bible school with Bobby in, at Kiwaitan, and that was a neat experience to be able to uh, go to school with him. And one of Bobby's giftings is a prayer warrior. Welcome, Bobby. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. So, Bobby, you grew up in Saskatchewan in Buffalo Narrows. Could you tell me, tell us a little bit what Buffalo Narrows was like when you were growing up? Well, it wasn't a really big community. It's still not that big. But um, I didn't grow up in a healthy home. Uh, a big part of our problem was because alcohol was a big part of my family. I mean, from my grandparents, my dad and uncles and all my relatives, most of them anyway. Um, they didn't just drink one day or a couple days. It's like it was for sometimes weeks. So there was no food necessarily in the house or there wasn't, they didn't think of that. That wasn't priority. So I grew up sometimes going to school with nothing to eat or um, sometimes I just run away. It, I, it was like a, a struggle because there was no place to sleep sometimes. I've, I told people a lot of times, you know, I've slept in the, in the crawl space under the building. I've, I've slept in the attic. I've slept outside in the wintertime in a toboggan, you know, underneath a canopy somewhere or things like that. Like there were, I wasn't all at home. I mean, there was times when I was at home, but um, there was places I, I, I try to go to where it was the quietest of all the places, like all my relatives, they're all at, let's say at my grandma's, I would be at somebody else's to, to sleep if I can. Th okay. That's the kind of environment I grew up in. I mean, I'm not saying that they didn't love me, but mm -hmm. the alcohol really had a hold on my family. I mean, the doctors finally told a lot of my relatives, if these guys didn't quit, you're going to have some very major health issues. And, and they did. So growing up in that situation, did you get involved in that way of life? No. I mean, I'm not saying I haven't tasted alcohol. I have. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, but my sister, she's gone home with the Lord now, but uh, we used to talk about that, like where we would never get involved because we saw what it was doing to our family, not only ruined their health, but it ruined their families. And a lot of my relatives now uh, have issues with alcohol too, and now drugs involved. 
So mm -hmm. that's a concern for me in the sense of praying for my, my relatives and how do you reach somebody that doesn't see they're drowning and they don't know mm -hmm. the, the life preservers right there beside them. In that situation, did you feel like, did you feel that somehow God loved you? That there was a God that was there? Don't think I had issues with God. I really didn't understand God. I mean, my family went to church because they grew up in, in Catholicism. And um, so we didn't go to church every Sunday, but we, we went on Christmas or some kind of a holiday or, or, or a funeral. So it, we didn't see church a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, we had the missionary, the local missionary that lived there, would come and visit. Even in the middle of a party, he'd come in and he used to have a little tape recorder and he'd play this little message on, her, on a tape recorder for all these people. They'd all be quiet for that, whatever it was, 20 minutes or whatever. They'd listen to this thing and then wow. he'd give them stuff and then, he'd, and then he'd, he'd go in and they'd all start over again. It's like, I said, it's amazing. It's like how he, would, he was faithful and he'd still come. I mean, the only times I was happy with my family was when we decided to go in a bush. Like we stay out mm. there for maybe a few months and they take alcohol with them, but it would disappear just as fast. So then it got quiet and they were more civil and conversations were more clear and they did stuff. But as soon as you hit the town, you were in trouble. Mm. We knew that. So the missionary that would come and you would listen to a message. So was the message done in English or was it done in your language? It was done in our language in, in, in Tudene. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's great. And you've continued uh, learning Dene or translating Dene, translating the scriptures oh. into Dene, right? Yeah. Well, I grew up with Dene. Um, my family all spoke Dene or Cree. Some spoke French, but I never learned that. But Dene was a, a second language to me, easy. It was, uh, I spoke it, when I went to school, I couldn't speak a word of English. For the first, wow. uh, whatever it was, weeks, I just sat there and, and cried because I couldn't communicate very well with anybody. There was one guy in school would, would try to explain what the teacher wanted, but uh, it really took me a while. Hard. Yeah. But and wow. now people say I, I have a good command of English, but to me, sometimes I'm still learning. Well, that's probably the uh, distinguishing mark of a good language learner. You're always learning, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, you do speak English really well without any, any accent whatsoever. I don't know about you, Venus, but my Dene is not all up to snuff. <laughs> I don't think so, Mark. I think uh, your French is... Uh far better than than my French <laughs> yeah well language is a great thing and uh but it can be a real barrier like with with you Bobby right in school uh, yep. that must have been really hard really hard and it would have put an extra burden on you to learn like well, well not learn but well see when I went to school like the first day even at the first day of school my my younger brother he, um, he came home and he said he was in kindergarten. So he went and he came home and explained he played with all these toys and I didn't. I, I started in grade one. 
I yeah. didn't get all those toys. He made me upset. I didn't want to go back to school because I didn't get to have toys. And so the next yeah. day, somebody brought up a, one of the toys, just a little, really? I can't remember what it was for <laughs> me. <laughs> I thought, oh, wow. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was a, like a four, four room. Yeah, we had four four classrooms upstairs and one downstairs like a it was a little little schoolhouse in a sense it was big enough but it was it was like interesting to to go to school there so were you upstairs or downstairs i was upstairs alan my brother was downstairs okay. i grew up with a whole bunch of brothers and sisters but i wasn't um i didn't grow up with with them See, because okay. when I was born, when I was born, I was given away two weeks after I was born to my aunt, my dad's brother, my sister. So I uh, grew up with auntie, called her mom, and she was mom to me until she went home. Hmm. So how did you come to know the Lord, Bobby? Probably the work of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Conviction somewhere. Um. Maybe maybe the word of well, God too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My brother, the young brother that I said uh, was downstairs in school, him and my other, my my biological mom and my sisters, they all went to, to uh, the missionary that was in Turner Lake at the time. They stayed overnight. They asked all kinds of questions. And they, they just didn't come home till the next day. It was just me and dad. And, and and my brother came over and he said, "You're not you're not going to go to heaven. You could go to church. You could give all your possessions or help as much as you want, or you could do whatever. Be the nicest guy in the town, and you're still not going to heaven." And he mm -hmm. he left me like that. And I thought, what's the purpose of all this? And if there's no heaven for me. But he didn't leave me there. He's, three days later, he came back and said the same thing. But this time he said, this is what you need. And he introduced mm. Jesus. And I think that was good for me because he didn't just throw me the life preserver right away and said, look, you're drowning here, but you need this. I think sometimes it was really good because I had to deal with issues in my life. And, and, I, and I, when, when, when Jesus was introduced to me, I didn't say, oh, yeah, okay. I just grabbed on and said, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I need. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it got me going. And, and, and when I told my brother, when he told me how to pray, like he, he had a little prayer on the back of a, a track, I think. I can't remember which track exactly. But he read that to me and he said, repeat after me. So I did. But I prayed, and at the end of my prayer, I said, Lord, if I even think of going back to what I just came out of, you have the right to remove me. Uh, I don't oh. want to ruin your name. Uh, mm. I'm, not say, I'm not saying if I drop dead, it's because I disobeyed, but I give him the permission to do it before my, his name is ruined. Um, yeah. So I've never forgot that. And, and the Lord has reminded me of it too. And, 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 and it's, it's neat to know that my hand is still on God and, and his hand is on me. Going through that as a, a Christian, right after like I became a Christian, um, some of the guys knew who I was. Um, they, 
I went firefighting with a bunch of guys for 18 days out in the bush with them. And they would just ask me questions and I try to answer as best I could as a brand new Christian. I didn't know a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd do the best I could. And they, they were trying to confuse me or get me uh, to react to something. And I wouldn't. So some of the guys would start to hit me, see my reaction. They start a little bit, little, little bit at a time. And, it got harder and harder and sometimes it, it hit me harder and I, and I still wouldn't respond. This young guy, Roger said to me, how come you don't fight back? Cause he knew I could fight back. You, when you grow up with a bunch of brothers and sisters and cousins that are always drinking and are always fighting. So it wasn't like I was, wasn't immune to a fight somewhere. So I wouldn't want to take you on. That's for sure. Uh, maybe <laughs> skinny and wiry. <laughs> no, but, uh, but, you know, he said, why don't you fight back? And I said, I can't. The Lord won't let me. And he couldn't understand that. He said, I wish I could fight for you. He said, don't, don't, just leave it. For, you know, part of that time. And finally, at, in the bush day, tied me to the tree. Mm. And took a shovel full of hot coals, opened my shirt up and said, look, say something or do something that'll show us you're no different. I said, I'm not any different, but you know, but we want you to do something or else we'll pour this down your shirt in front of you. And I thought, oh, and I just prayed to myself, Lord, if this is what you want me to go through, I'll go through it. And um, while I was praying, our crew boss came around the corner because he usually takes a little walk to see where's another spot we can go after we'll finish the spot. So he, mm -hmm. he screamed and I said, thank you. <laughs> and, um, wow. but you know what, that, that whole experience brings me back to when I first came to the Lord, because, uh, I probably told this several times to different people. When I first became a Christian, I was so excited about being a Christian. I told my brother, we got to go back to mom. We got to tell mom, uh, I'm going to heaven. And I thought she'd be excited for me and she wasn't. She kicked me out of the house. She wanted nothing to do with me. She um, sent me away, uh, in a sense, kicked me out. She said I was a traitor and everything. But three days later, she let me back in because I got lots of brothers and sisters. There was 10 of us at the time. And I was sitting there. And right across the table from me, my sister was sitting there, my youngest sister, and the music was going, the radio or stereo, I can't remember, something. And I, and I said, Lord, that doesn't sound like a good song for a Christian to listen to. But they, I knew if I went there and turned it off, I would have upset everybody. So I said, Lord, you turn it off. I don't care how you do it. You can blow it up, wreck it, uh, whatever you choose to do. What, in the middle of my prayer, the lights went out. The power went off. And then I said, thank you. And my sister heard me and she said, what did you do? And I, so I, I told her, I told the Lord to turn the music off. For an hour and a half, it was nice and quiet. You know, they complained a little bit, but then they started to complain there was no power. So I, I said, Lord, you can turn the power back on, but I'm leaving. I went across the street to my brother's house. I opened the door and the lights came on. And wow. that cemented my faith in this awesome God. 
I've never lost faith in him because of what I've seen him do. And he still does. That's a great, great story. Wow. God is capable of anything, right? So how many years have you been walking with the Lord now? Officially, I, I came to the Lord, according to camp records, uh, in 1973. I looked at that, the camp files and I thought, hey, I didn't know I came to the Lord then. But according to them, I really didn't come to the Lord until probably, I'm not exactly sure, because from then on, but I've always been close to missionaries and Christians, and they did follow up on me. But before I went to Bible school in the 80s, I became a Christian. Mm. And I'm not exactly sure in the 80s, but that's when I committed myself to the Lord. I really, that's when I said, Lord, if I think I'm going back, you have the right to remove me. Mm -hmm. So God had his hand on me a long time, even when I was premature and born and they didn't expect me to, to make it in a little clinic of Buffalo and Arrows, but... God had a plan, still has it. Do you think uh, God has the same plan for other people? Can you? Oh, kind of oh share that yes, I believe. I, I, I believe so. I believe that you know, if you you you're willing to surrender to God and let Him be the Lord in every area of your life, even when you don't understand why, instead of asking why, Lord, am I going through this? Say, how can I go through this, Lord? I mean, right now I'm sitting here thinking of what to say. At the same time, I got a, a sore back from, I'm not sure what, exactly what happened, but, you know, but I asked the Lord, how can I go through this and still honor you? Even if I'm not as fast as I used to be, not that I was fast to begin with. I told a friend of mine, I, I thought I was fast, but now I'm bionic. I said, because I'm always going slow motion. <laughs> I'm in yes. going slow motion, so I'm not yeah. going that fast. But so, tell us about your experience in Bible school. Well, Bible school when I first, uh, before I went, I was at camp. Like I spent a lot of years at camp at Pine Ridge Bible Camp. I spent years watching these young people quote scripture and do all kinds of stuff with stories. And like I was just young, not knowing a whole lot. That's where a lot of my growth happened before Bible school. Yeah. So they asked me about Bible school. And I said, I don't know. I said, if I go, I'm not going because all you people are asking me or whoever. I'll go if mm -hmm. God wants me to go. Yeah. So they gave me an application form and I filled it out and sent it off. And I kind of forgot all about it. And this letter came and said, we'll see you in September. I thought, oh, <laughs> financially, I wasn't even thinking of Bible school. Then I asked about how, what about what it's going to cost. And they said to me, well, they have some money there started for you. So by faith, I said, I'll go then. And I went with whatever I could. And people gave me a ride so far. And finally, I made it there. And my first day of Bible school, wow. You know, I, I, coming into the campus, I was thinking, what am I doing here? But I've never regretted it. And in and the, and the first week, my brother, 
uh, wrote me a letter and said, you're not going to make it. You're going to give up before first semester. You know, you're, you're, you'll quit. And that, I think, was a good thing because he made me mad. And he said, if it kills me, I'm staying here. I'm not quitting. Even if I had to become a career student, I'll, I'll not leave him until I... <laughs> he probably knew to some degree. I don't know. But I can't ask him now. He's home with the Lord, too. So, But there's times I used to pray for him. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit praying for you if you don't get your life right with God. There's other people that's worth praying for. And I left him like that one day and he come back. He said, don't stop praying. I didn't ask him what happened. I just, he, he came back to me. He said, don't stop praying. It's interesting. My, my youngest brother, who's gone home with the Lord also, but he, uh, he said, it's like walking around and watching when the Calvary will show up. Like little things would happen and how the Lord just did little stuff in your life. He said, it's like watching a movie sometimes, you know, just unexpected mm. little things. Mm. I mean, God has been good to me. And I, I'm not saying it was smooth every time, but it was, you always learn something. You, um, sometimes I, I'm, a, I'm a slow graduate. I don't graduate very fast sometimes in some of my lessons, but I might have to go through them two, three times or more. It depends on, I said that. Uh, the stubbornness of my family. I said, my mom was stubborn, my biological mom, my dad too. So I said, I've probably come across it legitimately from, from them. But uh, I said, as long as I'm stubborn in the right places. That's right. And the right yeah. things. Like they say, surely, surely, slowly, but surely, right? You can move ahead. Yeah. doesn't matter how fast we go. So, so Bible school to me was not just learning the word of God, but meeting new friends, meeting people of like-mindedness, uh, wanting to grow in the Lord, struggling together. I thank God for, for a lot of my friends now because I still keep in touch with a few of them. And some of them I lost track of, but I, I still pray for them. Uh, I, I have all my yearbooks and I, I go through all of them and if they're gone home with the Lord, I, I start praying for their, their families. Bible school has done lots for me that way. When I started Bible school, someone told me Bobby's name was Mob. And no one told me otherwise. And I called him that. And still to this day, I call him that. <laughs> yeah. And one day somebody said, did you see Bobby? And Venus said, who's Bobby? Wait. Yeah, I still call him that. I still call him Mob even to this day. And that's been years yeah. ago. Yeah, and that's fine with me. <laughs> as long as I answer you, that's good enough. Yeah, that's good enough. Oh, by the way, I and Bobby graduated together. Oh, same class. Yeah. Same class, yeah. Yep. Same same last year, the third year. Yeah. You must have some stories to tell. The things that I remember most about Bobby is his prayer life. I knew he struggled in his classes, but that didn't mean anything. The, new, the thing that I was impressed the most is that the Lord came first in his life. He was always concerned about other people. He never looked at himself as an individual, that he always placed others first. And the number one priority in Bobby's life was Jesus Christ. And, and uh, that's what impressed me the most. So were you a little jealous when he was voted 
class president? Uh, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested in translation and languages, stuff like that. Would you share a little bit what you're doing in the Denny language? That's quite rare. I would say that anyone's working in that translating the Dene language. Well, well, Dene is is very is it's very tonal, and it's so if you if you change the tone, you can change a word. So it, yeah, when you're and 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 then and there's different dialects of, of Dene, so it's the interesting uh, work. There's lots of people doing translation. It's just they're spread out now. Okay. Uh, me, 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 and Tim and Gilbert and there was others used to work with Denny, but it's just me and yeah. Tim now, Tim Graydon. Okay. And um, yeah, we we finished Genesis almost halfway through Exodus, and we've got a rough draft of First and Second and Third John, and there's others that have a good chunk of Luke is done because of the Jesus movie because we did the Jesus movie into Denny, so. And that's wow. done and and then there's um bits and pieces all over the place that we've done too so and then there's a couple other guys that are doing translation they're calling it and mm -hmm. they're sending me the stuff to look at or listen to because they put on audio and um i'm noticing lots of catholicism input in it in like the way they're saying things so okay, okay. and how they how they say things and i have to write them and say can you say it like this? And they try right. to change the name. Like they use the names. I said, keep the name the same across the board. Mm -hmm. The names should be the yep. same. This way, because right. some Dene would say different ways of saying the names. I said, keep the names and the towns the same. And it really it makes it easier when you're translating mm. for other people too. Because uh, one type of Dene may say Peter, Pierre, or a whole bunch of different you know so, so how has it affected your spiritual life have you oh it's strengthened it it makes you think of hey what am i really saying here what is what is this saying is it I'm, i don't want to translate it into what i like what what's the translation if it sounds good it's not that mm -hmm. i want it to be god's word god's thoughts when we look at yep. scripture we we want to make sure it's not just loosely written and translated but we look right. at the theology behind it if necessary or so that's how we work but the others are kind of mm -hmm. just reading off the top or parts of it and they'll translate it so i have to go back and i told him as soon as we're done exodus we'll take one of those books and it makes it easier when somebody has roughly translated it because then you don't have to think as fast as mm -hmm. hard Mm. But yeah, now that we story. have a lot of stuff written down, like all the words, even new, new stuff mm -hmm. from Exodus, from Genesis, I mean, uh, we can go back and say, how did we say it over here? So it makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And so it just, wow. and, and so it, were, it, it speeds up the works to a big degree. And there's, mm -hmm. there's Denny that always argue about, hey, we, but we don't say it like this. But the majority, yeah. they understand each other. It's not that they don't understand each other. They're just a dialect issue. So is, is uh, Tim fluent in the language? He can read it faster than he can 
he knows enough to I wouldn't say to get himself in trouble he could because he when he's when he's talking Dene to a Dene person he looks at the person he reads the body he reads the person in a sense and it helps him so if, yeah. if he's on the phone it's a little harder or, yeah. or um, when they're yeah. not looking yeah for sure so I'd bug him and I turn around and I would say something and he hey turn around he tells me <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've known him for a long time. The first time I met him was at Pine Ridge Camp. He 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 worked on sta- staff there for that first year, and I worked yeah. all summer. We had a tornado he, there that year, and Venus uh, was uh, Bobby's wife, Veronica, and involved that. Not 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 the years that we were there. She came later. I think Bobby okay. kept going back to the Bible school for conferences and stuff. And so that's part th- of his ongoing edu- continuing <laughs> education. Yeah, yeah, he kept, wa- he kept wanting to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what happened was the first time, the first time uh, I got to know Veronica or about her, Bud Alfred asked me about, do you know Veronica? I said, no, I don't know her. And I, I don't hate her because I don't know her anyway, but <laughs> but I didn't know who she was. But he took it as I liked her, so he told Rowan, and <laughs> Rowan was working at KBI. So they were so, playing uh, Cupid. Yeah, yeah, they were known for that. So Veronica phoned, I think it was a couple of missionary ladies. They were coming to conference, and she, she asked them to call, me to call. And I thought, why call her? I don't know her yet. And I don't know. But I called because I said I would. And I talked to her and we, we, we chatted just a little bit. And at the end of the conversation, she said, can you call me again? And I said, oh, sure. <laughs> and then I hung up and then I realized, and then I realized, oh, I committed myself. <laughs> so I thought, oh, now I got, now I got to call her again, but not right away. <laughs> but, uh, and that, that's how the, the conversation started. And she asked me if I, I liked her. And I said, uh, well, like I said, I, I don't hate her, but I didn't know her. But I was getting to know her without me. And we were comparing notes as we were listening and talking to each other and getting to know each other. And it was good, too, because you get to hear their heart. And uh, I was making notes to think. Hey Lord, I've been praying for somebody like this, and little check marks, and and I didn't know she was doing the same thing over there. Uh, we compared it later and said, um, "Interesting." So you know, yeah, God put us together. I didn't realize I needed somebody. How long has it been now? How long have you been married? It'll be it'll be uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been twenty years. Wow. wow, Lord bless you. Yeah, I mean, she did good to put up with me that long. I would have given so up on those, me. One of those ticky boxes was patience. <laughs> I know I didn't have patience with Bobby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, no, Bobby. No, that's okay. To our listeners out there, Bobby, can you leave them a word of encouragement? Or if someone is struggling? Well, I can try. I mean, when tough times come, and it always comes, even if we don't. Sometimes it doesn't seem as tough as the next guy, or maybe ours is tougher, but I never look at it that way. To me, it's like, okay, Lord, what kind of lesson am I going through here? How can I go through it? 
because he says he will never leave us or forsake us. That's right. So even mm. even when there's a valley experience, I said, you know, he prepares a table in front of the enemy. It's not like in secret. You're not being blessed all alone in secret. People know what's going on around you, and they see God still working. The table is, the banquet is all set up, and they're all invited, but they, they just choose not to come at that point. And um, just trust the Lord, even if it's one step at a time. And knowing mm. he's not going to let go, because he says anybody that's been put in his hands, he's not going to lose. Mm. Sometimes you think like, oh, I'm forgotten. He, you're not forgotten. Maybe you're going through a lesson that you think, hey, Lord, how can I go through this? What can I learn through this? What do I need to get right? Maybe there's something I'm holding on to. I don't know what, what the situation in, in each life is, but I do pray for our, our nation, for the believers particularly. I said, you know, if every Christian would pray for each other, um, Christians would start living for Christ, acting like Christians instead of fighting about denominational issues or little things. That's right. And more people would be attracted to the gospel. Mm. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm encouraged by his testimony, his life, and uh, all that he stands for. And I always used to think, I wish I was like that. And in my own way, I am. But Bobby stands out a little bit more than others because of his commitment. And he didn't waver one bit. Yeah, that's the thing my mom said. She said, how come, how come you, uh, you don't give up? I said, giving up doesn't do any good. You know, like Veronica says, I'm persistent. When you're there doing you something, go. even when uh, she said, she told me, you, you have a project and sometimes you think, oh, I can't do it. You just look back and, and, and you, you wait a little while and you start again and you, until you're finished. It, even mm. if it's not an easy project, she said, you're, you're persistent. Most people just throw it all out Give and up. start over. Yeah. yeah. I, never, I never thought of it until she told me that. Yes. Oh, thank you, Bobby. Yeah, yeah you're very welcome. It's nice to see all your faces. Could you say a Bible verse in Denny? I'd like to hear that. Oh, I'll have to or think of one. you on the spot? Uh, at the moment, I might be. I might be able to loosely translate something. I think you're, uh, how would I say? Dariye no hane tcha hota harebe yaze no hanishki. No patahotide yakahuitiha bezihil chude, which literally is like saying John 3 16. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. mm. Kind of sounds like Navajo too. Well, Navajo is related. We're related okay. in the sense of Navajo and uh, the Slavey and all the Athabascan tribes are related to mm. the Dene. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, well, sing, I've learned a lot. Well, send greetings to your wife for us. I'll gladly do that. 
you Thank take you care. Thank you so much for being part of uh, Hope to the Nations. And Lord Thank bless you. you. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.